Hello everyone, welcome to Shay Spellers Podcast. Hello, my name is Shalan, I am your host, aka Shay. Uh, I am a small streamer slash podcaster here in Ireland and this is a new series I started called Behind the Streams. Now Behind the Streams is basically a conversation I have with Irish and international streamers and content creators uh, just having a little chat and uh, just getting along and getting along what am i talking about (laughs) basically we're just having a chat and uh just uh getting their opinions and nipping at their heads to see what they they think on certain things nipping what the hell i don't know what's wrong with me today i swear to god anyway uh today's guest (laughs) is alan aka streamer elite tv he is a irish streamer on twitch and he is also a GNG series presenter. He's a Legion captain and an engaged partner. Um, he, I, I've met him through mutual friends, uh, Sharon and Nuluk. That's who I'm talking about. Uh, they, they're the ones that introduced me to him. They always mentioned him and it's like, I don't know who that is. So I'm just gonna hop into the stream and watch on. And uh, yeah, no, I'd be active in his stream a lot. Um, and yeah, we, we talked a little bit of certain things and you know, I was we did a video call so I was um talking to him face to face I guess. Um if that's the right word. Um on Discord and um yeah we were talking about certain things of gaming and two first games and what's the future for his channel and uh, also talking about his room because um if you haven't seen his room on uh, Twitch, uh, I I it's pretty impressive. And we were just talking about that kind of stuff as well. And of course, talking about um, Legion and GamerStore.ie. So here's the podcast episode. I hope you enjoy. And um, I'll see you in a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For anyone who doesn't know who you are, who are you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stream early TV. As far as I'm, well, that's what I've been told. <laughs> that's what I've been told. So some say, some say. Um, how did you get into streaming? Oh, God, that's a great question. Um, so streaming for me, I was already kind of delving with the whole. YouTube gaming thing back in 2015, 2016, and I kind of got acquainted with a couple of the content creators I'm still friends with to this day over on YouTube because they were playing some of the games that, you know, I hadn't seen in years and years and years. And then I started coming across a YouTube channel called Linus Tech Tips. We had a big, like, big, big, big tech channel. And then they were talking about, um, Asus laptops. Funnily enough, I actually still have it down here beside me. And I said to myself, you know what? Why not give it a go? I've never actually bought... Like, I, I had consoles. I had, like, the Xbox, Playstations, and X, Y, and Z, and what else, but I never had myself a dedicated PC. So I said to myself, yeah, why not? I'll go out and actually go and get one. So I went ahead and <laughs> I went into Harvey Normans, of all places. What's up, Harvey? How are you getting on? And um, I decided... No expense spared. Went for the most expensive one that I could see there. It was a few thousand quid for a laptop. I didn't even bother with desktop because I was living in a different apartment at that stage. I didn't really have space for it. But I said to myself, you know, to hell with it. I'm going to get myself a big 
big laptop, like a big beast of a laptop. Took me three years to pay it off. <laughs> three years to pay the bloody thing off. Um, but it had um, a free XSplit uh, year subscription in it. So I wasn't familiar. I, like, I'd never intended on, you know, streaming at all at the start. But then I said, you know, I'll give it a go. It a built-in webcam. It came with the microphone, the headset, the whole nine yards. So I said, you know what, to hell with it, I'll give it a go. So I learned the absolute basics. <laughs> I learned the absolute basics of XSplit, learning the ins and outs and whatever else. And then I did my first test stream, which I ended up playing um, Half-Life, which was my first ever stream. There's a little bit of tidbit information. Half-Life that was game. my first ever. I've never heard of that game. Half-Life is one of the best first-person shooters ever, ever made. Okay. Half-Life 1 set the standard. Half-Life 2 broke the mold. You had Half-Life um, 2, Episode 1, Half-Life 2, Episode 2. But then the franchise just fell off the cliff. It was actually owned by Valve, who make the, the Valve Index, who owns Steam. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones that, they eventually brought out Half-Life Alex for the first VR Half-Life experience. I'm actually playing that tonight. So I'm looking Ooh, forward to okay. that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, well, either tonight or for Saturday, we'll see which, whichever one I can manage to get that working on. But it's... Um, it was my first game I ever played. It was, sorry, the first stream I ever did. And then when I started doing that, I started telling the people that I used to watch on YouTube, but you know what? I said, I'd give a go streaming myself. And that mm-hmm. was in, and then they started coming over and they started bringing their friends over and we started talking or whatever else. And that was in July of 2016. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, what's G&G and Stream Racer? Okay, <laughs> okay. So I get asked this question a lot. I, ask, mm-hmm. I actually do get asked this question a lot. What is G&G? So before <clears throat> I'm able to explain the whole concept of it, I have to give you the actual stories to how it actually came about. Okay. So after, in 2020, around April, May 2020, I kind of tore down my channel and kind of brought it back up again. I says, right, it, was, it wasn't doing anything much. And I said, you know what, right, I'm going to burn it to the ground and build it back up again. So I started doing more community inclusive games such as Marbles on Stream and Stream Racer. So to tie into that, Stream Racer is just like Marbles on Stream, except it uses race cars around mm-hmm. tracks. It's completely automated by the system. All you'd have to do is type in exclamation mark race and let the randomizer do its thing, let the races play out and see who comes first, second, third, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <coughs> but one day I was doing marbles <coughs> and I was starting off just like kind of delving into the whole marbles thing. And one of the people that was in my stream had said something which um, annoyed another person. And it says, oh, you're, 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 going into, you're going to jail for 10 minutes. You're going to jail for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a joke. You're guilty. You're guilty. You know, that kind of became a bit of a running joke. But then the chat started saying, no, he's not guilty. So what I did was, is that I did a poll. I started doing, right, is this individual guilty or not guilty? <clears throat> and then that's how... The GNG, which actually stands for Guilty Not Guilty, Marbles came about, but then became the GNG series because we were using the same format in mm. other games. So the way it originally worked was, is that GNG would be five races and the winner of those Grand Prix, whoever placed first that Grand Prix got to select somebody in the chat to go for the Guilty Not Guilty treatment. It didn't matter who okay. it was. It didn't matter yeah. whoever it was. But then the chat decided. So the, the winner got to cho- choose the person. Then we put up the poll that the chat could decide whether that person's guilty or not guilty. So they wouldn't be able to go to the next round for 10 minutes to try and get their revenge. 
or to try and one up. Ninety nine times out of hundred, it was guilty. So just for just for just for just for the clip. Mm-hmm. But then we started doing it with stream racing. We started doing it with um, video games, arcade, and a couple of other titles as well. We actually did GNG Retro as well, using Sonic and a couple of other games. But it's a broad expansion on a lot of different things. But Guilty Not Guilty is where it originally started by having that interaction with the chat. So the GNG, the Guilty Not Guilty Marbles, Guilty Not Guilty Stream Racer, etc., etc., turn into the GNG series. So that's how that all came together. Um, yeah, because like I was trying to explain it to someone yesterday about it, and I couldn't. Great book. Initially, it's <laughs> initially it's a it's a, it's a, it's a confusing concept for mm. people that don't understand without seeing what they, like you have to see it to understand it if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, which is which kind of an appeal to it. Mm. Um, talk a little about how you got into GamerStore.ie's Legion. GamerStore.ie Legion, yep, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. no problem. Like, there's some fantastic people that are running it. That absolutely incredible people running it. So I liked to do the convention scene around Ireland. So I got known to a couple of um, other content creators, some that are in the Legion as well. So we became mates, became friends, and whatever else. But then GamerStore then started the Legion initiative where it was calling out for content creators to be part of Ireland's first ever content creation program geared at giving content creators a bigger audience. So when they did that, it was it was hot it was hot fire. Everyone wanted to everyone wanted to be involved in it. And I don't know what their selection process was for it. I don't know what their reasons behind it were, but they reached out to me um over a, a number of di- another of other applicants and they said, listen, we'd like you to get involved, X, Y, and Z. And they said, Yep, yeah, you know what? I'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to be a part of Legion. And Legion isn't just a group of content creators. It's it's become more of a f- familial feel, if that kind of makes sense. Like everyone everyone knows each other. Everyone talks to each other. There's no alienation. It's, it's just a mm-hmm. nice, warm, inviting place to be in. And then on top of Legion, it's evolved into the Legion Esports series as well, which is obviously hosted by The Gareth Show and Gibson Gaming and a couple of others doing different games, which I was lucky enough this season to actually be a part of. And it's just got, it's gone from being just content creators being given a higher platform to a whole scope of different genres being given a broader platform as well. Like you think of the great people involved with Trust Gaming, Unpost is involved as well. There's so much diversity within that within that group and beyond that as well like it's it, legion is now it's not just a group of content creators it's something that's spoken about people want mm. to get involved in a legion esports series event they want to get involved in something that's been partaken with gamers store now which is, and for them to choose me i'm ever so thankful yeah because like i yeah. i knew i only found out about gamers store back in january when i was looking for an elgato game capture mm. And that's where I bought it from because one, it's Irish. Mm-hmm. It's from Ga- mm-hmm. they're from Galway. Two, Brexit was a problem, so like it's cheaper to buy it in Ireland. Then <laughs> I know, I know. Um, compared to UK and all that, because most of my equipment, like I have now, is from Amazon Germany and Smiths mm. and um, other shops that are in Ireland that are selling gaming yep. stuff. Because I like UK's. Gaming peripherals, yeah, game peripherals weren't generally as available as they are now, maybe even two or three years ago. Not even not even that, like maybe a year and a half to two years ago, gaming peripherals weren't as accessible as they are now to the broader audience. And like all credit goes to Gamerstore for making that happen by taking that by taking that dive 
Like you see what they've allowed. They've got Corsair, Elgato, Steel Series, just to name a few. Trust Gaming, Razer, AOC. They do laptops. They do monitors. They do all different kinds of peripherals to help the gamer slash streamer up their setup and up their production value. Like it's it's mm. there's nowhere else in the country that's doing it. They are they they are the leaders in what they do. They are and like compared to other places, <clears throat> like we will say Harvey Norman, like they're like setting equipment and all that at mm-hmm. such an expensive taste like mm. price really compared to like gamerstore.e they they are the ones i would preferably go for than mm. harvey norman or pc world and all that so um and that was like you know when you were on ogara shows um mm-hmm. for the fortnight how was that for you that was definitely um that was that was a personal on a personal note that was one of the most enjoyable experiences i've ever had in gaming that's being genuine about that because <clears throat> I got to explore, I got to explore commentary. I got to explore doing something that was, not to say that it was native to me, but it was in a different platform, which I'm familiar with, but I have no experience on. So to test myself there and to do my homework and actually to try and learn certain things as well, certain nuances and trying to get like cut cues and stuff like that, when to speak, not when, to, when, when not to speak, and that type of stuff. It was a very, very rewarding experience. And to have... Chris there as well, guiding me through some of the stuff as well as I'm kind of working through with some of the stuff that he's doing. It was one of the most rewarding experiences I've had since I started this whole journey, without question. And it was nice to see you and Audrey there as well, doing it as oh, well, other than Gara. Props. Audrey did absolutely fantastic. The finer one was a good job, yeah. I swear. She was absolutely incredible. So she was very, very well done. She did. Um, what has been your most memorable <clears throat> moments you remember from your first few months uploading on Twitch? Or streaming, should I say? Um, first most memorable moment would have been the one year anniversary I had when I was streaming on YouTube. So this would have been 2017. And mm-hmm. I still hadn't got the nuances down of social media. I was still kind of dry in the well with that type of stuff. So I wasn't I wasn't as um forward thinking. I was just kind of I'll just throw up through saying I'm live, whatever else. I had no graphics, no animations or whatever else, but I kind of built up a little bit of a rapport with a good couple of content creators in the UK that I kind of could become friends with. Mm. And they had came in and they they went absolutely nuts with the love, the res- like the love and respect and stuff like that. And then, you know, donates and whatever else. But it was just the fact that they all then started getting involved in the in the stream that I was doing. It went on for 15 hours. They were only supposed to go on for two. It went on for 15. And um, we were playing all different types of games together. We were playing Doom. We were playing Crash Bandicoot. We were playing a couple of other retro games. We were playing Retro Spyro. You know, just constantly changing up games and just playing and playing yeah. and playing games. And uh, that, just the time got lost. And it's those type of streams that you remember where you actually lose yourself in the time that you're playing with people. That you actually enjoyed their company and like there was people chopping and changing people went to sleep and then came back again but i i hadn't noticed it i didn't mm-hmm. notice it because i was still <laughs> playing and then they come back like seven hours later kind of going right we're going back for another round and i'm looking at the clock going oh god mm-hmm. i have to realize how late it is but that was my first like that stands out in my memory so much because that was the that would be quote unquote for me one of my big moments for me mm-hmm. personally on on like not even on youtube but in just in general as this um streaming journey but when you mm-hmm. go over to twitch i say my biggest most memorable moment had to be the gng championship had to be gng championship in april 
it was it was it was six months in the making. A lot of a lot of great content creators um, got involved. They accumulated teams. They got their team of ten, and then we got ten teams of ten and more. And then people coming in, enjoying it as well, and having a go. And it was just everything about the whole event was just mind blowing. You know, it, it just second to none. The biggest event that I'd ever done. And I will never, ever, ever forget that event. Ever forget it. Do you made you move from uh, YouTube to Twitch? Um, so with YouTube, they'd started implementing a policy of if, see, I was doing a lot of mobile streams Okay. Yeah. at the time. I was starting to get a lot into the more, the more IRL side of it. And as I was getting into the IRL side of it, YouTube started changing their policies in regards to how many people, how many subscribers you have to have in order for you to be allowed to be given the privilege of being allowed to stream on your mobile device. So you had to have a thousand subscribers on your channel to be allowed to stream mobile, which was a bit of a dicey thing for me because I wasn't near a thousand at that stage. I was only starting to build up my community at that stage. So then after that, I started um, doing the IRLs on Twitch because Twitch had the mobile access. And I said, you know, if you want to catch me, catch me over there. And it never worked. <laughs> it never worked whatsoever. I'm not going to lie. But um, so I wouldn't classify them as my first streams on Twitch, if that makes sense. But surely because they were alienating a niche audience which there was no growth and expansion. Like, they were, they were limiting the growth and expansion of smaller smaller content creators in a way that was relevant to my situation, which I didn't agree with. And a lot of people that I spoke to as well did not agree with either, and they actually left the platform for the same reasons that I did, which is the fact that they started limiting the, ava the availability of tools for smaller content creators to make a bigger impact and a bigger niche on the scene in YouTube. Um the only way they knew how, which is the only way I knew how at the time. So I went over to Twitch. I did my final stream on YouTube, which actually was on my birthday, actually, funnily enough. And um, after that, I just said, right, if you want to catch me from now on, you catch me over here at this link down here. And I haven't looked back. I have not looked back at once. What's your planning uh, process for your streams and your socials? So since June of 2020, I've likes to plan out a lot of stuff ahead of time so mm -hmm. when i'm making graphics when i'm making stuff like i know you're a fan of canva for example i'm i'm a, i'm a life i've i i i'd swear by that stuff Canva mm -hmm. program and stuff like that i actually have the annual subscription that's how much i actually invest in it um <laughs> but i know i like to make my graphics ahead of time i like to schedule my posts ahead of time not as much now as I used to because there's a lot of stuff going on behind the camera that I'm doing as well, um, behind closed doors, personal life and whatever else. But it's nice to have the schedule kind of coming back up again. But before that, it was every day. It was bang, new post every day. At the same time, every day it was three o'clock on the dot, Monday to Friday at the very least you get bang, 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 bang. This is what's going to happen. And then having that schedule set 10 p.m. Monday to Sunday. I do seven days a week, Monday to Sunday, no breaks, no days off. Constantly going and going and going, getting the marbles going, getting people involved, getting people interacting. Um, scheduling my posts, making my graphics, having my own flair on them, and then wording my own tweets as well in a way that's provocative for people to click the link. 
to me, which was always helpful. That and I'm starting to get back into that whole routine again, thankfully. And it's starting to show as well. And I just make sure that I have that schedule. And I actually learned I actually learned I actually learned that from Chris. I actually learned that from the Garage Show. I'll hold my hands up to that. He told me this is bang, 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 bang. This is what you need to do. Make sure you stick to that routine. And it hasn't it hasn't stepped out once. Gets all props for that. Video game you ever played? The first video game I ever played. Mm-hmm. God, I'm gonna sound old here. God, you put me in a spot. Right. <clears throat> now, is this the first video game I ever played in my entire life, or the first entire one I played life. as an owner? in my entire life? Right. Okay. First video game I ever played in my entire life was a game called Carrier Command. It was on the Atari ST Discovery and it became part of a four, a two floppy disk pack, blue floppy disks. On those floppy disks were Carrier Command, Space Harrier, Bomb Jack, and Outrun. If anybody knows what Outrun is, it's a driving game. And Carrier Command was, you pop it in. I was actually only playing it there the other day, the nostalgia trip out. It's unbelievable. It's actually a sequel. And it was this, um, you're basically, you're on a ship with weaponry and boats and Delta flyers and stuff like that to go over and you're, you're trying to conquer all the islands basically and not get blown up. But this is, this is a young lad who just sees pixels just flying across the screen, but pixels are the size of dish plates, you know? So it's like watching a game of Pong going back and forth on a, on a, on an old CRT monitor and stuff like that. But, mm. um, after that, then I said it was the pre, it was the previous three to that. Then it was bomb Jack, which was basically a little, little guy like Mega Man that goes around up into ledges collecting bombs trying to avoid the ghosts like Pac-Man type of thing. Mm. Outrun, driving game, driving around the track and stuff like that. And then the Space Harrier was a space shooter that you'd use a joystick to avoid the enemies, shoot them, yeah, to straightforward get to the end of the level and that type of stuff. So, But graphically, graphically at the time, it was revolutionary. Graphically looking at it now, I could probably do it myself. <laughs> I'm not doing my own armor. I, like if there, there's enough courses online that you can do right yeah. now, which will actually get you up to that level. Um, but yeah, so Carrier Command was my first ever foray into gaming in my entire life. That was the first ever time I'd ever actually played a game. And then after that, it went to, it went to Sega Mega Drive. So that's uh, where it went after that. Because it's funny when you mentioned Pac-Man. I, I was watching yesterday um, the two Johnnies. I'm not particularly a fan of them. It's just <laughs> my brother likes them and he would listen to their podcasts and whatnot. And mm. we actually got him tickets to see them in Cork when they were supposed to be coming. But um, they were doing, um, they're doing a show on RC2 at the moment of um, they take on something and the episode was on gaming. And they were mm. talking to someone, I don't know who the man was, but he's an eight, some type of agent. And he mentioned to them that Pac-Man was being made in Tipperary. Yeah, it was made wow. in Tipperary. <laughs> yeah, it was Pac-Man was made in Tipperary in a small village that apparently doesn't have Wi-Fi. Well, it wouldn't have Wi-Fi when it was made, let's be very yeah, no, honest. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh my God, that's incredible. That's actually a fact I never yeah. knew. I didn't know about that either yes, until yesterday, so... Pac-Man's from Tip. On Tip! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Random one. Pac-Man's Pac a man for the, Pac the GAA. <laughs> uh, who is your favourite video game character? Uh, Duke Nukem. 
Always. Everyone asks me that the whole time. Duke Nukem has always been my favorite. I've always loved Duke Nukem. Um, I, <laughs> I, I was, I, my first taste of Duke Nukem would have been in 2001, actually. It would have been 2001. There was a video game store slash DVD store slash VHS store that used to be across from the school that I was in. And back then, like, I had the PlayStation 1 and whatever. Pardon me, you had the PlayStation 1. And I was actually going in there to actually rent um, a game called Roll Cage. It was like um, a Tyco RC kind of digitalized virtual racer. And <clears throat> then I seen... I just seen this guy standing on top of these aliens firing guns down, not seeing that there was a little red disc that said 18 on it in the bottom corner. <laughs> but, um, <coughs> so anyway, I said to myself, this reminds me a lot of Doom, which I did get the chance to play a lot, thankfully. And I said, right, we're just going to try this. I was in there with a friend of mine called James and he just put the thing up on the table. Your man had, your man was just busy doing something else. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, grand. Five, five, five pounds at the time. Thank you. Cheers. I got it for three nights. I went home. I put it into the PlayStation. And then, my God, the screams that came out of that room. <laughs> oh, my God. But I just love the character. I love the wittiness of the character. And it stuck with me that I actually rented it again. And then the second time, the guy actually realized, hang on, you're not supposed to have this. You gave it to me the last time. Well, then we can't say nothing, can we? And then <laughs> he actually gave me this back again. says, right, there it is. For uh, He actually gave it to me for five days this time for the same price because he realized I wanted to finish the game. But um, <clears throat> so I ended up getting through all the levels, finishing the game. I love the whole level aesthetic at the time, the first person shooter aspect of it. And it reminded me so much of Doom because I was actually a really big fan of Doom at the time as well. That I was starting to play all the Doom games as well. And then it just kind of stuck with me, then became pop culture. And then I started playing Duke Nukem A Time to Kill. I went to Golden Discs in the square and actually bought Duke Nukem Land of the Babes. Then it kind of died off a little bit and then eventually came Duke Nukem Forever, which we do not talk about. Oh. But um, then they brought out the 20th anniversary edition with all the levels, well, most of the levels that I love, but some of them they couldn't put in for other reasons. But it's always been just something that's been ingrained in my memory from a young age that I've always, God damn it, doing the Duke Nukem voices and that type mm -hmm. of thing, you know? So... Mm -hmm. um. I've, Duke Nukem's always going to be my favorite character just because he is that witty repartee. He is, you know, that cool dude attitude. And that's, I just, I just like that kind of style of gaming, you know? So yeah. I was going to say, whoever owns that shop was very clever putting it across a primary school or secondary school. Oh, it was brilliant because there was a deli next door as well. So not only could you get yourself your game, you could have got yourself your, your chicken fillet roll and your bottle oh, of coke sorted. on the way home. You're absolutely sorted, like, you know. And then all you do is sneak it in the school bag and pop it over the next day. Perfect. Yeah, Beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> He's not there anymore, unfortunately. It shut down about five years about five years oh. later. But um, he's actually still operating in, an, in a... In a... I'd not say operating, but he's, he's actually working with... Um, a video games development company now at the moment that actually leases out games for people to review. So, cool. Uh, what's a popular game everyone seems to love but you don't like? <laughs> oh, we're gonna be here for a while, right? Okay, this is one question that I was actually afraid of. So, <laughs> this is gonna get me absolutely slurred. But I just, I'm not a fan of Battlefield. I'm not a Fair fan enough. of Battlefield. Um, I don't know what it is. I, 
See, there's always a thing. You're either Battlefield or COD. Mm. And back then when it was Modern Warfare 2, nothing touched it. I'm sorry. It was just, I was always Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I actually downloaded the expansion packs and the, all the additional levels for multiplayer. I was that engrossed in Modern Warfare. Another one for me um, would have been Spyro. Um, Spyro, I wasn't really too keen on. I played it, but I know there's a there's a loving subculture, like a cult like subculture for Spyro. But I was never really keen on the original. But now, in saying that, when they actually brought out the remaster, kind of changed my mind about it. To be honest, you're actually the second person to say Spyro as well. I think really. Mm. Spyro was just one of those games that I felt was a rip-off of Crash Bandicoot. I always, fought, I always felt that it was trying to impede on the progress of an already established monster that was Crash Bandicoot. And I was... Crash Bandicoot was the first game I actually ever played on the PlayStation 1. Um, I had Formula 1 that went with that. I had Wipeout being another fantastic game, but Crash Bandicoot first one I ever played. I actually loved Crash Bandicoot that much that I played it on the PlayStation 1. I played it on the PlayStation phone anybody remembers that one the playstation phone I actually had that little slide of phone 2011 uh i got insane trilogy i got number four i got the whole nine years i actually enjoyed the game that much that i actually remember the master code the super password <coughs> to unlock 100 percent in the game as well <coughs> um but that would be one of my but when it comes back to the games that every like pop culture that people like and then i don't like if you're to say currently I'm not a fan of Valorant. I just don't know what it is about Valorant that I'm not. And I'm just, it's just. It's a movement for me. I don't know. I just don't like the way. See, I, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a more casual gamer. I like, the, mm -hmm. I like the more casual aspect of a game compared to competitive. I think Valorant is more geared towards the more competitive aspect of it. You know, the, like the, the precision shots, the timings, the trigger responses, your FPS on screen, that all of that is relevant in play when it comes to Valorant as a game. I have no interest in that. I enjoy game I enjoy a game for the casual aspect, the fun aspect, the adventure, the story. And then it comes to Battle Royales, of course you have the likes of Fortnite, but I'm really starting to get back into PUBG again. PUBG was my first uh, Battle Royale game that I played. Um and the other one that a lot of people I actually I actually now that I think about it a lot of people actually get on my get onto me about this for not liking it for that for some reason. And um, Bloodborne. So okay. Bloodborne, the Dark Souls, and all, all that. Um, everyone was saying to me, "Yeah, you're you're, you're too." I'm the only person. Right, I tried Bloodborne. Right, I actually tried. I think I'm the only person in content creation history that's ever rage quit a game at the character creation screen. Choosing the hair color for your character and then realizing they haven't got the color you want. So much so that you actually put, you actually smack the controller off the ground that hair that actually shatters all over the floor. That's, I actually rage quit Bloodborne by not being able to select Brunette as my, as my male character's <laughs> hair color. Not the shade that I wanted. I actually just went, like it was eyes, it was everything about it just infuriated me. And then I just, and that and the fact you can't jump. That's another huge one as well. In Bloodborne, you can't jump. That's stupid. There's no jump button. It's all, it's all forward, back, left, and right motion. There's no six degrees of separation. You know, it's, it's just left, right, up, down. Doesn't make sense. No jump. No. That, that and fear. Like, trying to get over it, trying to hop over enemies. Like, you thought, oh, yeah, I'll hop over, do a roll down a set step, make it look flashy. No, swipe. Damn, you're dead. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. No, just no. Oh, and then, of course, everyone. Right. This seems to be the latest thing. I have no mm-hmm. interest in it. And people. Well, not that I'm no interest in it. I've, I respect people that like it. FIFA. You had a third person to say that as well. FIFA. The last mm. time I played enjoyable FIFA was FIFA 2000. <laughs> That's 21 years ago. It was the last time I enjoyed FIFA on the PlayStation 1. I still own that disc. <laughs> the last thing I actually enjoyed about FIFA. It was Sol Campbell on the cover as well, if I remember rightly. But I just never got back into it again. It was just never something that was appealing to me after all the changes and stuff like mm. that. But... People are trying to convince me now to buy it and give it a go. And I'm I'm half considering it and I'm half thinking about it. Mm. I might cave into the pressure one of these days and actually might buy it. I don't know. We'll see. But not FIFA, no. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know what? Because people, uh, someone was saying it on the podcast, like one, you know, like the buying of the cases or the coin or like buying the packs or something. Is that, yeah. I, I, I haven't I- played FIFA in a long time. So, um, the packs really is like a way of um, gambling. It was the same type of thing they used to do with loot crates when it came to uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Which yeah, CSGO being another big one as well. Yeah, That's what started that whole controversy when it became, a, it was edging on the whole gambling aspect. And like, I've no problem. Like, you remember games back in the day. You had to make sure you did every single thing possible in the game to earn the rewards that you were given. Like, if you if you did, if you finished the game on ultra hard mode or ultra violent, you got a different reward and was more rewarding than the previous one until you built up and got all the rewards in that game. They'd be locked off rewards you couldn't get unless you did certain somethings and whatever else. Now it's just a case of, yeah, I've got an extra 599 in my card here. I'll just throw that here into some other game. Like, you know, it's just, it's like that it takes the fun out of the game. You know, yeah. there's, there's no enjoyment in it anymore if you're just going to pay for the ending. You know, there's, yeah. no, there's, there's no chase. There's no enjoyment in it if you're just going to pay for the ending. And that's kind of ruined a lot of games. And it's happening with packs now as well. And it ruined Star Wars. Like, that, that it ruined Battlefront 2. You know, it, it just completely, like, it was a great game until that happened. So Yeah, you know. Uh, if you could uh, live in the world of the last game you played, what world would that be? Um... Last game I actually played was actually Half-Life Alex because I was actually testing it. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be uh, embarrassing because that's uh, that world is pretty much destroyed and taken over by the Combine. So thanks for that, Shay. Uh, You've let me in the lurch there. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna have to... I'm going to have to be Alex Vance. I can't be Gordon Freeman, unfortunately. I have to be Alex Vance and I'm going to have to fight my way through the Combine now. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like that's my life over. <laughs> uh, if you could delete a uh, one video game forever, what game would that be? <sighs> See, I can, I can make, I can actually make it. I can actually, I can say something here that could stir somebody the wrong way. Um, I'm not going to say FIFA. Don't worry, because I understand how valuable FIFA is to a lot of people and how much it's impacted a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a game that I've played or just that I know from pop culture? Well, both. It could be. Either way. I suppose one game that I could do if Fortnite never existed, mm-hmm. gaming wouldn't be what it is today. I mean it, it's it's dominated the charts in a whole lot of ways. So I'm not gonna say Fortnite. Um one game I suppose there's one game out there that actually does stick out in my mind a lot. Um it's a game called Getting Over. 
So basically, you're a bald man in a cauldron with a pickaxe trying to claw your way up to the top of existence. You start off on a beach and you have to use your pickaxe and uh, hoist yourself up to get to certain levels. It's actually been quoted as being one of the most rage-inducing, rage-quitting games that has ever been made. It's so frustrating that I've actually seen people smash monitors, keyboards, walls, doors, um, other people. <laughs> you know, it's actually, it's that rage-inducing. And I, I like... I'm all for a good game, but I'm not for a game that's going to constantly make me rage quit. So if it was, it would have to be getting over it. Definitely. Do you think uh, PC gamers are superior to console players in gameplay? That definition is actually is actually unwarranted in a lot of respects because mm. that's there's a lot of console players that are actually better than PC players. I mean, there's a lot there. Are, there is uh, there is naturally going to be advantages to either side. So it's a pretty even spread out argument when it comes to a lot of games. Like, yes, with PC, when it comes to gaming, we can enjoy, you know, higher graphics, higher FPS and uncapped motion blur and whatever else. By the way, screw motion blur. Um, <laughs> but okay. there's so much, um, so much different diversity there. It depends on the game that you're playing, where you can get a competitive edge depending on the platform that you're playing on. So... There's never going to be a definitive answer to that argument in my eyes because everybody, depending on their platforms, I was going to have an advantage over somebody else, whether it be mouse and keyboard or whether it be controller. So there's no real answer to that apart from everyone has their own niche and someone's always going to be better on something than somebody else. This is more of a serious question. Um, what needs to be done by gaming companies streaming networks like Twitch for female streamers? In what respect? In the way of treatment and in general I, I'm, respect? I'm, I'm a firm believer of an open door policy. I'm a firm believer that everyone should be treated as an equal. There should be no exclusion across the board in any way, shape, or form. Everyone deserves an open opportunity to express themselves. And gaming companies and streaming platforms are becoming more inclusive they're starting to bring in a lot more a lot more communities than they used to and you know giving them a broader audience which is great to see push it harder push the all-inclusive aspect for everybody to be allowed to come in welcome them in welcome them and say yes we'd love to have you in here come on in invite them to come on in don't sit there and wait for them to come to you you bring them in and make it a bigger and a wider community, a bigger platform for everybody. You bring, you bring the communities to you. That's how I see it. Stakes in streaming. Sorry, your mic cut out there. Did it cut? That might. Uh, what have you learned from the mistakes you've been streaming? Mistakes? What have I learned from the mistakes? I've yeah. Made? Um, streaming for me has been a journey that I've had my highs, I've had my lows. I've made mistakes. I've made decisions that have changed my life entirely for the good. So there's always going to be ups and downs. Um, but I've learned that having a schedule, having confidence in myself, having Having the support of the people that actually want to see him succeed makes all the difference. And pushing out my unique 
individuality. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but damn it, I'm doing it for me, and I'm being who I want to be, and I'm not going to be anybody, anything else than somebody else's. I enjoy being. I enjoy being the kooky, wacky, crazy nut job Irish old guy that a lot of people seem to call me these days. You know, I'm only thirty two. Lay off here, right? <laughs> and um, I'm like I, I'm, I've made mistakes of you know bad timing, poor time management, and stuff like that, and. I've learned from that now and I'm starting to, well, not starting to, but I've, I'd, I'd like to think that I've established myself enough to the point that I've set myself times, I've set myself boundaries, restrictions, and a target to always set for myself. And I've learned from a lot from that as well. And, I've, and it's actually moved over to my life behind the camera mm-hmm. as well by having that time management, which is always a, a huge, huge thing. Doing something when it needs to be done, not putting it on the back burner or forgetting about it or letting, trying, thinking somebody else will do it. Just take it and just do it. You know? Just don't don't think somebody else is going to just take it. Do it. Simple as that. I guess, the, well, this is kind of following up to that one is what would your advice be for a new streamer starting from the beginning? Uh, for new beginnings. So not everybody's going to have a masterful setup. Okay, not everybody's going to have a masterful setup. If you have a monitor, a console, a microphone, a, play, a PlayStation webcam, and a personality, talk. Just talk. Because if you keep talking and, this, and someone sees that you're trying to interact, if you're, on, if you're on zero viewers, okay, that can be the most off-putting thing. That can, that can, really, that can really be an off-putting thing. It's happened to me many, many times. Like I, I, I've been on zero viewers a few times myself. Like when I was starting off, that's perfectly fine with me. I'll still talk to the camera. I'll still give a commentary. I'll still make the attempt. Don't be afraid to make an attempt because the the character you portray on camera, okay, is what people are going to be invested in. That's what people are going to see. So just be, just be yourself. Like as I said, I used to be more of a, I used to be more of a. Um, a directional style character you know I, I wasn't exactly i wasn't exactly niche. it took me a long time to find my niche and to for me to become comfortable with what it is that i'm doing and having fun doing that but as of now for anybody that's starting off don't be afraid to talk okay do not be afraid to talk don't be afraid of failing either never be afraid to fail because if you fail you learn from that and you know what to adjust Anytime someone fails at something, it's a learning curve because that means there's something in there that you can change. That you, you can keep what works, but what made it fail? Okay, yeah, let's change that until you find your winning formula. If you're starting off, just see, just test the water, see what makes you feel comfortable. And then don't be afraid to talk because talking is what's going to get you, it's going, what's going to get you interacting. What's the plan for your stream in the future? Any future goals? <clears throat> Future goals at the moment going into 2022 for me are just to expand my audience, bring more inclusive games and just continue doing this and what I love doing. I'm not a numbers orientated guy. I just love having fun. I just enjoy whatever it is I'm playing. If people want to come for along for the ride, that's cool. Awesome. You're more than welcome to hop on that train and we'll go together. But, you know, for me, for twenty for for rest twenty twenty one twenty twenty two, I want to get involved with more content creators. I want more cross collaboration. I'm going to continue the GNG series. I'm going to continue doing Fortnite. I'm going to be bringing new games, a lot more VR actually, 
right here. More, more VR is going to be done as well. And I'm I'm going into zones where it's it's outside of my comfort zone slightly, but I want to have that because I actually enjoy doing this, but I don't do it on stream for some reason. So I said, you know what? Why the hell not? Let's let's just do it. Yeah. Just have some fun. So definitely going to be doing a lot more VR content and a lot more stuff in the pipeline as well in the coming year. So yeah, because I mean, I can see your your background right now, but on your stream, how yeah. how what's the process of you making the gaming room? So this whole thing was a concept design for me for a number of years. I always said that I wanted my own um, my own dedicated you know streaming room slash office or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And I took a lot of inspirations from a lot of other content creators, as everybody will, will attest to when they see my background here. They say, oh, that's just Jacksepticeye. You just ripped him off. Another Irish lad's doing a full sound, full sound foam around the walls and ceiling type job. But I've always liked that aesthetic. I've always loved the studio aesthetic from, you know, audio recording studios, where they have all this like sound foam on the wall and stuff like that. Um, but I also wanted it to have kind of a, a homely feel, but yet still have that kind of, you know, gaming aesthetic i suppose so the lamps that i have here the white the white tube lamps here they're rgb i can select the whatever color i want in them then i've got the backlights up the top here i've got a green screen which comes across you know i've I have everything that's within arm's reach and motion for me as well and have enough space to be able to do vr in a couple of well but i've always said to myself if i'm going to do something i'm going to well actually no it wasn't always like that but in the more recent years i always said if i'm going to do something I'm going to go the whole way. I'm just going to, I'm not going to stop until I get it. No matter, by, by, by whatever means, I'm going to make it happen. So eventually I was able to get the missions to get this done. And then I got the place built, started putting in the, the insulation, then putting in the foam and whatever else. And now it's actually, it's actually, I, I barely spend any, any time not in here. You know, because I'm mm -hmm. I'm working on stuff here. I'm recording or I'm streaming or doing something in here. This is the place that I've always wanted. And now I finally have it. I don't, there's nothing else I really want. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Now I have everything. Everyone says, oh, sure. Look, now, now that you have that, you may as well get yourself like, you know, a Nintendo Switch or, you know, get yourself X, Y, and Z. But I have no interest in that. I really mm -hmm. don't. I have what I've wanted. I have my VR. I have my PCs. I have my PlayStation. I have my Xbox. I don't need anything else, you know? I'll get current gen consoles, get a PS5, get an Xbox Series X. I don't want them. Mm -hmm. I genuinely don't. <laughs> I have what I want. I have my own space. I have places where I can, you know, come here and work. Like this doubles as an office as well. This doubles as um, for stuff when I'm working remotely as well. So there's other stuff that I can do for people when I'm doing like, you know, logos or banners and stuff like that. I'll come over here. I'll do them quickly and then head off. But like it's not just like a gaming room it's actually an office as well where i can actually put together ideas i sit down i can work as well in peace literally in quietness um which is great also with the sound deadening nobody can hear you scream true so jump true. scares no one's gonna hear me Halloween's yeah going in here <laughs> <laughs> um, is it part of the house or is it like um outside? Oh, it's offsite it's, it's offsite off oh, off okay cool yeah, because I was I was looking at a few of them for ideas eventually future wise, but they're quite expensive. It's it's, it's it's not a cheap process, but no. it's a lot cheaper than some people actually have gone out and done similar stuff. I've done this, I've done this on a lot less than what I've seen other people do it for. Mm -hmm. A lot less than I've seen other people do it for. And the 
great thing about it is, is that I would highly encourage if anybody has the means to do so to do it because you have do your you, own office space you have your own everything yeah do you have any natural light yeah these, oh you have these, a window this, there this, 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 yeah it comes up yeah oh okay so I, I literally just remove I just slide that across panel across and then pop it up yeah so I, I, I actually you, have access to open air and everything and do you have um a cooling system for your room because like if it gets quite you do up there, just up there in the right hand corner right there there's a lovely little uh, cooling yeah so. i need to sort that out for myself because every time <laughs> my family comes into my bedroom they're saying it's really hot i have two mini fans beside the computer cooling it down all the time but like it i mean i i feel the cold a lot more than them so i find it comfortable but when they come in they're like jesus christ it's it's too you need hot an, you need an iron jumper that's what you need you go to Galway and get yourself an iron gansey i need one you need one, and they are they yeah. are actually. I actually have one. I'm actually. I actually only use it actually around this time. So if you're going to say, they make it itch so much. <laughs> they the they do honestly. It they're like I mean they're lovely to look at, but mm. they're just especially if it's you're like sitting beside a a nice toasty fire. Now it gets actually makes actually makes a good point. Actually, just to get back to this for a second, but the dual PCs run. Mm. They obviously generate quite a lot of heat. Yeah, and then when I've got the lights on like I do now. They can also generate quite a lot of heat as well. I use Elgato lights for myself because I they're, like they're the industry standard. Mm. Nothing comes close to these. I'm sorry, nothing does. Unless you're going to go and get like big, massive lens boxes and stuff like that. But that's a whole different kettle of fish. For content creation, they're the best. I'm just putting it out there. Um, but a lot of heat can build up in a place like this quite easily, especially in such an encapsulated and enclosing. And people are thinking to themselves, like, how do you breathe in here? You know, I like yeah. everything like there's so much there's so much foam around you there's no vents or something like that yeah yeah i have my little mini extractor up here that does everything i need to do plus as well the door's right there if i need to do, if i need to if i need to breathe i just open the door you know like i can literally just do this like oh, yeah you know i'm actually happy out like so but for, yeah but they this can this type of setup can generate quite a lot of heat as well mm. which is uh which is an unfortunate circumstance for trying to run the equipment, but it is what it is. Just make it work. You find ways of making stuff work. Where did you get your soundproofing? Amazon. Amazon, okay. <laughs> Amazon. Okay. Um, Amazon, multiple hundreds went into uh, acquiring all this uh, sound foam. A lot of money went into the sound foam more than anything else. Actually, it was actually the, car the carpet I have is, is um, sound um, resistant carpet, so it doesn't doesn't uh, allow sound to bounce, mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a sound insulated or whatever it was. But um, the roll that I got, roll of carpet that I got for the floor, cost only a third that it cost me to get all the foam that goes on the wall. So the only thing is though, you'll have to change a panel every now and again because the heat and the cold they'll shrink and they'll expand the the foam every now and again. But, yeah. I have a lovely backup supply just in case anything ever goes wrong. And they're, not, they're not that expensive in the grand scheme yeah. of things, but for the space that I have, it costs a lot more than I gave credit for. Because <laughs> um, you're sponsored by Engage, right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you choose your sponsoring? Oh, yeah. They're I never chose my sponsor. I never chose they, any They chose you. It was there. They, they approached me, yeah. Oh, okay. They approached me. Um, it's not to say that I haven't reached out to get sponsorships for events that I've been a part of in the past. Like I've reached out to numerous different sponsors that have gotten involved 
um, for events that I've done in the past with other content creators, but I've never reached out for one, looking for one myself. I've never deliberately reached out to try and get to get a sponsorship for myself. Mm-hmm. Any sponsor that I've had has always approached me, which I'm lucky to touch wood keeps happening, but I've never deliberately sent out, you know, cold calling letters and stuff like that to get sponsors to say, here, listen, yeah, I want you to pay me X, Y, and Z and to mm-hmm. do this, whatever else. But I'm lucky for what I've got and I'm grateful for what I've gotten. And I'll continue to do the best that I can for both, for any of the brands that I'm associated with. And because with engaging, get 10% off with your code and the same mm-hmm. with um, Legion or not Legion, gamerstore.ie yep. as well. Gamerstore TV. So if you're looking for a beverage that has zero sugar and is easily transportable, get a big tin. You get that's it. Like, hang on, let me show you the tin. That's a big boy. <laughs> is that powdered? So, yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's 100% natural, 100% natural, and you can have lime, acai berry, or you can have apricot. Apricot is actually one of my favorites. It actually tastes like, um, you know, the Lucasade Isotonics? Mm-hmm. That. That's why okay. I've got three of them. And I've got really, this, this tastes like, um, kind of like cranberry juice. It's oh, okay. okay. Like cranberry, if you like cranberry. Um, but one of the best, as I said, is 100% natural, zero sugars and whatever else, but mixes in nice and easy. There's... 35 servings to a tub, I believe. But it, it's it's rich, it tastes, and it do, you don't get chalky taste in your mouth. Because mm. I've tried G of... Fuel and um, I, I only got like a starter kit. Yeah. Because I, I, I personally, I just never drink energy drinks other than Lucasade, Dodd Time. Yeah. So um, I, I, I tried it and it's it's not for me, but like it, if it's for someone else, Absolutely. happy for you. And as well as that, they, they do aluminium shakers as well so no plastic it's aluminium oh, okay so those shakers everything there is environmentally friendly majority mm-hmm. of it apart from the plastics that they use in the lid yeah um but the rest of it biodegradable they have the metal shakers as well everything that's there is you know fantastic stuff absolutely fantastic stuff and now they actually have, that's actually one of the earlier shakers. Their current ones that they have now are the exact same shakers, except they're laser etched. So they're not using paints, they're using laser etching on the aluminium instead to carve oh, the logo. Okay. Fair enough. So uh, that's something different. They don't use the plastic, they don't use the plastic shakers like other companies do. They yeah. went for the aluminium to be different. What advice would you give to yourself who is just starting the stream all over again? Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it um that's not even being that's not even that's not even joking that's actually being deadly serious um the there's a, there's a lot of pitfalls and trials and tribulations and it's a money pit for the best of times as well um if i was to go back and look at myself and say is this something i want to do i'd wear be wary of myself for some of the products that i've bought over the years thinking that they'd make a difference to my production, which they've actually been more of a detriment than they have been an actual, an actual um, assistance to me. I'd say to myself, if you're going to do this, take your time. Don't rush into anything and think about what you're going to do before you do it. Instead of being the thick Egypt that you were for God knows how many years and diving headfirst into something without even fucking thinking. Pardon my friend, excuse me, you're going to have to edit that out. Um, just think ahead and don't jump into something without doing your homework. It's as simple as that. 
Would you be going to TwitchCon in Amsterdam? Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. But uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I went to I went to TwitchCon in Berlin in 2019, and I still maintain to this day that it is one of, if not the best conventions I've ever been to in my entire life. It's there's no other spectacle like it. There's no other. There's there's no other inclusive specific platform based convention that I can think of in my mind that is as inclusive as a TwitchCon event. Mm. Anybody that's gone to a TwitchCon event will tell you like you get to meet like I, I've met Irish content creators that I'd never even heard of before over there and some of them which are actually still I'm great mates with who I only went for pints with just before COVID began and you know <clears throat> like I've met people over there that I'm still in contact with today that I've like I've networked with, that I've actually collaborated with people from Spain, from Norway, from Ireland, from England, from America, from a couple of other places as well. But seeing this grandeur and the spec and the spectacle that they put on when you're in the grand hall, where you see, you know, like Bethesda, World of Tanks, Sega, Gillette was there as well, running an event as well. But then coming across all these, all these um, content creators, like I met Courage. I got to be Courage on the ground on the main floor and I got to take my photograph of him. Then I met Jack Septiguy in the ground hall, got to have a conversation with him for a few minutes as well, which was one hell of an experience. Got photographs with him and everything as well. Um got to talk about the homeland, you know, all the all the good stuff from home. <laughs> but um <laughs> but like there's so like especially the one that was in Berlin. The great thing about the one about being in Berlin was is that the venue was very well thought out as in the direction of how everybody was supposed to go, the open areas, where everything was laid out. And being on hand for, being on hand for Emma to come on stage and tell us where Twitch is going for the next year, what are the new things that Twitch are bringing out, and being there live in person to watch these keynotes, kind of going, mm. this is unreal, looking up, kind of going, this is, there's, Looking around, there's thousands of people around you looking at exactly the same thing. Well, this has been streamed live around the world, and I'm looking and going, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. There's nothing <laughs> that compares to it. There's so much to do there as well. People, yeah, there will be times when people say that oh, they, they found a boring minute or whatever else, but you always find yourself going back in because you think you've missed something. You're going back around again yeah. and you're re enjoying yourself again. And that's definitely one of the appeals of Twitch coming out question. Do you think they should have like um, an Irish streamer's Twitch panel? That would be a brilliant idea. I mean, yeah. like, like there's so much diversity within the Irish content creation scene right now. Like, you see some of the fantastic Irish content creators that are up and coming that weren't around before the whole pandemic began that are now some of the most talked about content creators that are on the platform, you know? Mm. And having so much diversity just invites these type of panels to be created. And it would be brilliant to see like I could name you 101 different content creators from this country and wouldn't do the next ones justice. You know, there's so many good ones out there that deserve a fair shake. They yeah. really and truly do. I have that unique aspect that is making all the difference. That's making them a household name, especially within the Irish within the Irish communities. Definitely should be something that should be considered. I was going to say, do you have any favorites Irish streamers? Irish, Irish streamers. Mm -hmm. 
Is this the part where you hand me the brown envelope so we can uh, say your name? Is that what? Is that what the? <laughs> what's happening no, here? Is no. Um, obviously, as everyone knows, like I'm a massive fan of the Gar Show. Like he's been there for me. I hope I've been able to help him with a couple of things as well. I was always be a fan of Chris. Always been a fan of his. Uh, Jamie J. Carp being a massive one as well. Um, loved working with Jamie. In and out, we'll do that to help those guys. Um, other ones like I can name a few, like a bang average fella. Uh, it's Rusher being one Irish case. There's there's so many fantastic Irish content creators out there that I anyone that knows me that's in, if I'm in their chat, Hunting L Games, Gibson, Mister Magic, any of them, they know how much I love their content because I'm actually there. I'm interacting with them. I'm actually I'm not just glancing and just you know passing it off and whatever else i'll actually sit there if i'm there talking to you i'm enjoying myself mm-hmm. you know like i like i like i like watch whenever sharon gets on she does her thing and plays games and interacts and stuff like that and then when nullig uh, glitched is doing her thing and i get in there and have a conversation when you're on i try to get on and have a conversation it's not so much a case of favorites it's i'm You know, and I'll enjoy them. It's not to say that there's favorites. There will be more. There will be content creators that I will watch more because I'm more familiar with them. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think everybody has that. Everybody has those content creators that they're more than like just going. Yeah, I'll set off five minutes here just to sit down here and have a conversation. But they'll make. Yeah, time, I might have missed you know? a little bit of what you said because the camera froze with audio. Yeah. So everyone has their preferences. Like they, you can't. We can't discourage people from having their preferences. They'll always have the ones that they'll dedicate their time to. You know, they'll always have those content creators that they'll always make sure that they they'll either have a tab for or they'll remember to be there at a certain time to say hello, mm. whatever else, if, they, if you know their schedule. And it's gotten to the stage now where I just, I, I'm more spread out. I like going into all different content creators, Irish content creators, and just... You know, having having a chat with them because that's such a that's such a rare thing these days. It's actually it's such a bad thing to say, but it's actually such a rare thing where a conversation is actually had. You know, yeah. it's, it's 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 just like a hi howie, and then they're gone. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's just like yeah, yeah. I I've been in your stream, and then all of a sudden they're not there anymore. You know, and yeah. sorry, for my, yeah. But there are people that will come in and will genuinely take the time of. Having is having to talk, whether it just be for a minute or two minutes, just to see hello, hey, how are you, and whatever else, and then having that conversation, having that interaction, that makes so much of a difference. That makes mm-hmm. so much of a difference because that that can be the difference between that can be the difference between an a, a, you know an everyday stream to a smile. That's how much of a difference there is there. You know that could just be an everyday stream, and then there's ones that will actually make you smile and actually have a conversation and just yeah. enjoy yourself, you know. And that's when you start to loosen up, and that's when you start to have that bit of fun, like you know. Because I didn't know Rusher. It's Rusher. He's from Cork as well. Mm. I didn't know Rusher's about that. Rusher's a fantastic but... Warzone streamer. I love watching his stuff. Mm. He's cracked. Ah, cracked is not cracked. even the word. Well, no, that, like that 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 lad is tapped. <laughs> that yeah. lad is absolutely yeah. tapped. But um, he's an incredible he's an incredible Warzone player. And like I like there's Captain Sexy being another one. He's a fantastic Warzone player. Love watching him. He does great stuff as well. I was in his stream for a good while the other day. We're talking about a whole host of different options. Like there's so much broad 
diversity amongst a whole lot of content creators. I love it. Does that the moment? Yeah, Ireland is a great place to be for content creation right now. It's just the way it should be. I think <laughs> I remember during the summer, because, um, you know, all those TikToks were having these houses of mm -hmm. TikTokers. We had one ourselves called the, is it the Goats? Go House. Yeah, but are they still around or are they gone? I, I think they're gone. They're well out now, I think, at this stage. Yeah. No, I, I kind of cringed seeing that. I mean, I admired him, but then I'm like... I'm not against the idea of content creation houses, per se. Yeah. Like, I've, I'm not against that idea. In certain scenarios, in certain situations. Like, I, like I've stayed in accommodation with content creators before for events and stuff like that. And they've been great. They've been great accommodations. They've been great fun and whatever else. But mm -hmm. I don't think in the mass majority of scenarios, I would like to be a permanent resident. Yeah. Because you'd need to have your own space. You need to have your own time to yourself. You need to have your own workspace as well. And seeing the same people over and over and over again on a constant daily basis will wear you out thin with everybody, you know? there's it, it, that's, it, It'll get to the stage where you go in, talk, and you come out fist fighting, you know? And I don't, I, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that. I think also it's like, they were just trying to follow the trend of everyone else, what mm. they were doing in America. Yeah. Um. I think, I mean, obviously we all hop on trends of games and like whatever's mm. on TikTok, which fair enough, you know, but yeah. um, yeah, no, I, I just thought it was a bit cringy a little bit. See, content creation houses are, they're a very, very fine niche. They're, you have to, you have to find the right people to make it work. Mm-hmm. And that's few and far between. So if you get set, let's say you need eight people to make this content creation house work, seven of them could be the best, the best in the world. But then there could be that dark horse that could completely be the uh, the the kink in the chain, if, if you will, that can completely change it and make it not as enjoyable because it, it, they don't fit the mold and that alienates certain people. And you ha there's a very fine line, a very fine needle to thread, like, you know, when mm. it comes to things like that. When it comes to content creation groups and stuff like that, having, you know, content creation houses in this day and age, in 2021, it'll work, but only for certain people. It's not going to work for everybody. Yeah, like I think with the hype house, the allegations on two brothers, it didn't end very well for anyone. Because that, that the hype house got a bad name for it. And then, like, what was her name? Dixie? The two, the two, I don't know, I can't remember the name. The two of them left, there, there were sisters and the, the, there's two brothers. They oh, were okay. apparently underage. Um, they were talking oh, underage right, okay. and all that. It was, it's not, okay. so you not can't, nice. See, with those type of content creation houses, like you need the right people there to make it happen. Yeah. The right people. And like there, there, are, there are people in this country that will pull it off no problem at all. That, there, there are content creation like the, the, here's the here's a lovely separation from right content creation houses content creation warehouses okay so content created creation teams having a headquarters but being able to go home at night mm. instead of having a content creation house i think that's a better more viable option having your offices which is a like like 100 thieves for example they have their you know their gaming offices and studios and stuff like that but then they get to go home at night that's just perfect because then you can treat it like a job where you go in do your day's work and go home in a content creation house you do your content and then you're 
You're, you're, you're literally in the next room listening to Scream and go, oh my God, he's a fragger. That's a controller player. You're not some, you know, you're, you're, you don't yeah, need yeah. that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, For anyone who wants to follow you on your social medias, what are they? Streamerly TV on all socials. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. No problem, my dear. You know me. I will be at your beck and call if you ever need me. Thank you. And um, for anyone who does want to buy anything from gamerstore.ie, the code is StreamerElite. StreamerElite TV. There we go. Thank you so much, Alan, for taking part of the episode. Uh, make sure to follow him all on his socials right there, as he said. If not, it'll be in this episode uh, details. Uh, so make sure to check him out there. Also, check out gamerstore.ie um, and check Legion out as well. Um, if you want to follow me as well, I am Shalano on Twitter. Um, also, I have a Twitter for the podcast, Shade Spills Pod. Um, we also have an Instagram as well there and everything on my socials there in the link tree is there. You can uh, check out and follow me there. Um, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I will see you next week for next Friday midday for the next episode for behind the streams i'll see you all very soon have a lovely weekend and i'll see you guys all very soon